Jerome Spann. Of course, I'm here to tell you about our sponsor today. And our sponsor is, of course, and will forever be longstanding. Hey, mind, mind you, he don't give me no money, but this is my man's. I got to hold him down. It is Swopes Athletic Recruiting and Scouting. Yes, sir, ladies and gentlemen, Swopes is out here trying to change lives. He's trying to help get these young athletes into college each and every week. Every day he dedicates a lot of time to this. This man has a serious, serious passion for helping others further their education and further their lives in a lot of great ways. They are on Facebook. Make sure you look up Swopes Athletic Recruiting and Scouting. Swopes is spelled S-W-O-P-E-S. It is ran by Mr. Nathaniel Swopes Jr. He is the man in Houston, if y'all don't know. Yes, make sure you go check him out if you're trying to get your kid into school, hell or hell. If you're even a kid here that's thinking about going into school and you want to try and keep playing, keep your athletic career going, make sure you go check out Swope's Athletic Recruiting and Scouting. He is the man that is going to help you keep that dream going. So make sure you follow them on Facebook and you can get right a hold of Mr. Swope's there. He will help you get into college and keep your dream going for continuing to play your sports. So again, people, Swope's Athletic Recruiting and Scouting. Check it out now. Help change some kid around you that you know his future, or hell, even your future. Yeah, yeah, Enigma in the house. My man Jay Span, Titan Studios. It's called From the Heart. Keeping it real is what all the song's about. Never selling your soul. Always staying true to yourself. All right, ah, uh, yeah, check it out. Money, money, cars, but we'll never get you far unless you're gonna spit it from the heart. Yeah, money, money, cars, but we'll never get you far unless you're gonna spit it from the start. Man, money, money, cars, but we'll never get you far unless you're gonna spit it from the heart. Yeah, money, money, cars, but we'll never get you far unless you're gonna spit it from the start. Man. And welcome back to your favorite weekly sports show. That's right, it is. ITC Sports Ball, and I am your man Jerome Spann, and of course, I've got that hot take crew with us, and we've got a special guest today, but let's run it down. We've got that hot take spitter, the man who rips like Dylan spits. He is the modern-day Ali on the microphone when he steps into your home. All your ladies is gone. He is that man. You know, it's your boy Mace ready to go. And of course, we've got ITC's resident troll. He's that guy that sees fire. He's like, I got this gasoline and gunpowder. What's happening? He is that man. Daryl. Let me let me break it down to you. I am going to win today in some Monopoly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna start playing. You know You know what I just heard? A whole bunch of BS come out your mouth because the only reigning Monopoly champion round here is this guy. The whole effing show, baby. That's right. All Do right, I have so, to beat you in some boxing like I did last night? Right. Oh, oh, you mean you mean your one win out of like the ten that we didn't fought? You mean your one win in like the last ten? You mean that one? Where you, when, you when gotta choose the one specific fighter that's hard to <laughs> knock out. Yeah, get, get out of my face, man. I get tired of you. <laughs> but we have a special guest in the building, and he is one of the 
original supporters of everything that we do. And of course, he's always bringing that hot stuff. When he comes in there, he makes your mind go because he's got all the hot takes. It's coming out flowing like a volcano. He is that man, the one and only Dirty Dave. Man, I know I just set up a wrestling promo. I would have been a little more prepared with it, but uh, I appreciate the uh, I appreciate you going Hulk Hogan for me there, man. I, I, that, that means a lot. <laughs> of course, of course. But we got to get this train rolling because we've got a few things to get into this week. And, of course, we have to start with everything that's going down in the NFL. We have seen moves being made. We are hearing rumors of move, moves that potentially are going to be made. So since we have our guest here, we're going to start with you, Dave. Everything that's taken place so far in this offseason, what are some of your big takeaways so far? Man, I think that uh... – I think we're really in a new age of the NFL, man. We got a lot of new new thinkers, new people who are uh, you know kind of changing how we look at free agency. You know, I'm, I think that it's been really interesting to see how little market and how little money running backs have been getting. Um, you know, David Montgomery only signed for eighteen million was going crazy. Um, I thought that he definitely could have gotten a bigger deal than that. But um, you know, being in Chicago, we hear a lot about the NFC North and the Bears, and man, they've been busy. Um, they're getting you know. You know, I like for the Bears, they're sticking to a script, man. They're getting big, long, athletic guys. You know, they're not putting crazy money out except for maybe one or two contracts. And uh, it's been a crazy start to free, to, to this. And, and we got the draft coming up. And I've been getting into my tape recently of my prospects. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm in the lab taking a look at what's going on. So I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked Mace. So far, who is your guy? Who's your draft crush? Because me and my guy, me, me and my guy, Will, going back years, right? We've always talked every year about who's the guy that you didn't watch from his tape and you like, ah, oh, I need us to draft him. Who's that guy? You know what? I'm actually going to throw a different one at you. I think uh, guys you can't see from uh, Pitt's my guy for the Bears. Hmm. I think he, uh, listen, he got bro, older up there. Leave him out of this. <laughs> that's, that's my, listen, bro, that, that's, my, uh, that's my prom date. Leave us out. We need him. Leave yeah, him no, out I'm of looking at him, man. He's gonna be nice. He's, a, he's got a motor. He's he's strong. Uh, he's got a good build. I think he'll be a really good defensive tackle in the NFL. Um, but so I, I don't know what Pitt does with those quote unquote undersized D tackles, but they come out ready. It's like it's almost it's lazy to compare him to Aaron Donald because it's so obvious. But I mean, it, coming out of the draft, it, it's pretty similar. They're both game breakers. Similar build, same school. You know, it's it's lazy, but it might be lazy because it's it's so obvious and it's right. The thing that's scariest for me about him is that when you look at him, you're like, "There's no way he's gonna he's gonna eat eaten up by double teams. Mm -hmm. Bigger guys are gonna get their hands on him." And it's like, no, it, it is very similar. When I when I started watching his tape about three weeks ago started trying to really look into him and see what he was about because you know a lot i was hearing the talk early right where they're like oh he might be similar to aaron donald so i'm like let me see for myself right that man is ridiculously good like i look like, i understand them boys in the sec are great defenders too but when i watch the tape the two guys who have stood out to me so far from what i've watched are christian gonzalez and him like those are the two guys when you watch their tape what you see in gym shorts and short and shirts, it translates on the field. So, Mace, you've been looking for your Cowboys to get another corner to play with Diggs for for what three years now, right? How do you feel about the Gilmore move? Um, 
I think it's perfect for him because you can't teams can't hold the ball versus Dallas unless they're match protecting. That's that that's simple as that. If you if you're worried about um Gilmore's top end speed, I don't think that's really an issue given like how we can create pressure. So I'm I'm that's no worry to me. It's my whole thing is is that um Hopefully he can even even if he doesn't give us the full 17 games, if he gives us 14, I think we're still in a in a great we're in a great position um, in the secondary wise. I mean, you can't really even even the young guys, you can't really expect everybody to play 17 games, but I don't expect him to. But I do expect him to. um make quarterbacks think twice about throwing in his direction and that half a second holding the ball, man, that that's the, that's the difference between a pressure and a sack. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's a, I think it's an a one move. I don't care about his age. He still proved that he can be a baller last year. I mean, all of his coverage grades are in the 90th percentiles. So, I mean, what is there not to like about it? Honest reaction, Dave. When you saw Ryan Poles pull the trigger on the deal, honest reaction, what was it? I it it was instantly just, I mean, shock, honestly, because I mean, I'm so used to these these GMs the Bears get, man, making these moves that you just as soon as they make you, just scratching your head, like, what are you even thinking? How did you, you know, I mean, I can name signings until you know until we're two hours into the show that I just as soon as it happened, you go, what? What is happening? But man, DJ Moore is is such a good move for this team. He's a top fifteen receiver in the league. He's still young, you know, comparatively to what other receivers are getting. He's he's pretty cheap for his his value. And um, you know, having the Panthers first round pick next year, knowing that they're you know there's still that chance that they go after a project quarterback, um, and they might be throwing Matt Corral out there week one. I mean, I'd like to have that team's first round pick if they got Matt Corral going week one. Hey. Look, man, you can ask Mace. I've been saying this since the minute we got the number one pick. And my thought process initially was we got to make sure we're in the Marvin Harrison Jr. sweepstake, okay? Because, I look, that dude, Dave, if he had, it, look, if he was in this draft, I'd have said we drafted him number one overall because that's yep. a certified dog, right? Yep. I'm with you. But I've always said, hey, we have to make sure we get another pick. We got – more than I thought we would. Like we, when you look, first off, we got the picks we needed, and we got DJ Moore. You instantly won, right? Mm -hmm. You instantly won. But I have to ask you, Mace, both something. Did it surprise you when you looked at the Orlando Brown contract and you said, "How did he not end up in Chicago? How did he end up in in Cincinnati?" I think it was more of a <clears throat> he may have felt like his chance to win was better in Cincinnati because I, I I don't I mean we we both know that Cincinnati couldn't outbid Chicago mm -hmm. like we we know that's we know if, if money was not the issue um so I, I think it's just one of those situations where Cincinnati was like here bro we'll let you play left tackle you have we have solid left tackle money for you it's probably going to be a situation where they can get out of the deal in two years whenever it's time to pay Joe Burrow. So 
he probably the um I haven't actually looked at the contract to see how his guaranteed money is broken down, but I'm pretty sure the majority of that guaranteed money is going to be given out in those first two years when you can still throw a fifth uh, a fifth year option on Joe Burrow and not have to back up the Brinks truck for him. So I think it's one of those deals where he was just like, I have a better chance of playing in a Super Bowl in Cincinnati in the next two to three years than I do at Chicago. So. Yeah, I mean, I, so, I think that's definitely just, just true. for clarity, real quick. I'm I'm sorry, and then you go right ahead, Dave. So they can get out of the contract after two years, but it would leave them with fifteen point five million in dead cap. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and and hearing about the offer they gave Mike McGlinchey in Chicago, which was seventeen million a year, I definitely was surprised in Orlando Brown. I I won't lie to you guys. I don't think the Bears were interested in Orlando Brown because I think that he does not fit that philosophy that the coaching staff is bringing up, that hits philosophy of hustle, determination, every play. There's always been questions about how hard he plays. You know, Whenever he gives up sacks, whenever he gives up plays in the backfield, there's always people saying, man, that, that happens too much for Orlando Brown. I don't know if Orlando Brown wanted to be a part of an offense where he was going to have to chase Justin Fields around blocking all day, and I don't know if the Bears wanted him, to, to be quite honest. Hmm. That's fair. My my question that it leaves me with now, though, is you clearly have to spend capital on the offensive line now in this draft, and you have to spend it early, right? Like the, you can't go out and try and get one of these project guys. So you have a couple tackles that are on the board. My, my only question is, is are either of those guys that you're going to get going to be, even with his flaws, like you said, with Orlando Brown, are they going to be as good as him? Because when he's on, he's on. Like when that when that dude care, like when he when his motor's going, you're not getting past him. It's just not happening. So yeah. it makes me wonder because I look at it and I said, if you get one of these tackles that are out here, you can spend majority of your draft capital now on defense, where you really, really at this point, right? If we look at just who's on the roster. That's where the help is really needed, right? Like, you well, really so another, it. so another interesting thing that just happened is that um, with the Bengals getting Orlando Brown, uh, Jonah Williams has uh, requested a trade. So, I mean, if it, if it's like a mid-level third, fourth round pick or, or something like that, I I don't see why the Bears wouldn't jump on that to allow them to not have to go get a. So, so I'm gonna tell you right now, I have zero interest in Jonah Williams. Zero. He is not a good tackle. There is a reason that they were willing to replace him and make sure that they were like, oh, no, 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 no. We will pay you much more than what this guy is getting paid because well, they know it is a remarkable upgrade from what they have in Jonah Williams. Jonah Williams gave up. Bruh, my, my boy, before you say something like that, just, just let me remind you, okay? This man gave up. 12 of them sacks last year. Them dudes that we was talking about was having Joe Burrow on the run, running for his life. He's one of them, man. <laughs> so, now nah, I'm good. I'm good. I get what you're saying, but given what the given that the Bears have pretty much secured their offensive um skill positions, do you not think that they want to stick with a stick with Defense, like I said, the, fixing the defense for the Bears is going to be a two-year project minimum. Do you not oh, think that they want to still maintain using that top 
that that first those first those first round picks for defense because like you said the the tackles in the draft they're not like surefire deals like um Skaransky and Paris Johnson neither one of those guys are like plug and play I'm set leave it alone neither one of those guys are that guy so don't would you doesn't it make sense for them to then get a guy for like I said third fourth round pick at most to then be able to say okay we can still stick with our draft plan go defense high and early and figure out left tackle when there's better prospects coming out I think right now in 2023, I'd still rather have Roger Jones at left tackle than Jonah Williams. I'll take Braxton Jones 10 times out of 10 sure. over Jonah Williams. Look, sure. I've seen where, where Braxton Jones has issues, right? And a lot of it is he get he was getting bullied because he didn't know how to anchor right, right? Like he, he, was, he still get caught doing some bad things. But that stuff can be fixed. A lot of the stuff that are usually wrong with a tackle, he does those things well. So – I would take him over Jonah Williams, who I've seen have my man Joe Burrow out there running for his life. Now, would I mind trading like a sixth-round pick or seeing if he gets released and maybe bringing him in as a veteran backup like they did with Riley Reef last year? I'm okay with that. Um, but I wouldn't give him more than maybe a sixth-round pick for Jonah Williams personally. Um, but, again, you know, I wouldn't have given Mike McGlinchey $17 million either, and Ryan Poles tried to do that. So um, it could be coming soon. Who knows? Yeah, I would just say the the McGlinchey thing that well that makes sense for the that would have made sense for the Bears given that they given how well they run the ball because mm -hmm. I mean yeah. that so I, I understand that one like I say he's he's not the the anchor as a pass protector because the only thing I can think about when I when I see McGlinchey is him getting strong armed by Michael Parsons <laughs> that's the one thing I think about when I think him but okay. for what for for the 49ers offense at the time he was great for a right tackle because he could um seal the edge and he could get up to the second level and make plays out in space but well here here's the good part for the Bears right because of what you've done in this offseason, if you do draft another tackle, right, you put that guy at right tackle, you move Cody Whitehair back to center where he should have been playing all of this time, where we're over and over, we've had coaches playing roulette with, with this man's position, and it's like, bruh, put him back at center, okay? <laughs> so he can play center. So now you have a solid offensive line, right? Like you have at least four guys now that you know you can count on for sure in the run game. Pass game, you know, we, we might ask questions of Braxton Jones still. We got to see him clean up what he needs to, right? You have to see that. But that really fixes the team. I want to ask you guys both one question, though. Where does DeAndre Hopkins end up? The market, look, the receivers in this draft, none of them are as good as DeAndre Hopkins. Right. None of them. So if you're a team that needs a receiver, that's the obvious play to go get him. I understand you have to give up some draft capital. You're worried, you know, he's a little bit older, but he still was balling when he came back last year. Okay. So I ask you first, Dave, where's he going to end up? Who's the, or, or better yet, who's the team that you feel can get him and it would make a remarkable difference for them? 
Uh, I think that if the Jets can convince Rodgers that they don't need to sign Randall Cobb and Mercedes Lewis for some reason, um, that they, I mean, they were in the market for Tyreek last year. So they're looking for a big number one receiver, pair him with Garrett Wilson, and then you have Rodgers throwing the football. I mean, they're going for one year. They're saying, hey, we have Rodgers for one, maybe two years. We got to go all in. Why not go get DeAndre Hopkins if you want to get Tyreek last year? Because Aaron wants his homeboys on the squad. Don't you I, understand how this works? I know. Homeboys in. DeAndre Hopkins, I get it. Mercedes Lewis can block. He's 45 years old. He's seven foot tall. I get it. But Aaron Rodgers is the Adam Sandler of the NFL, bro. He always going to have his, his partners is always going to have a job as long as he got a job. <laughs> hey, y'all. When was the last time y'all saw um, Rob Snyder in a movie with Adam Sandler not in it? No. Did he do that? Has he ever done that? Huh. Um, <laughs> that's a good, good question. You know what? Hell, I mean, let's think. Like, has he actually done anything recently without Adam Sandler? Because I mean, I think he, I, I think he did like a stand-up special, but. Is there anything we would actually know? Uh, I'm looking. Not on my end. No, no, no. <laughs> like I said, bro. Look, hey, he was in Madden 19, the long shot. He was in that campaign. Yeah, he was in <laughs> like I said, bro, if Aaron Rodgers has a job, his homeboys have a job. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, Alan Lazard got way more money than anybody thought he would in the receiver market. <laughs> He got 44, man. Alan Lazard. Unbelievable. Think about that. This a man has never been is... more than more than what? Maybe a 40 catch guy. Yep. His entire career. And now because Aaron Rodgers wants to go to another team, that team was like, Yeah, we'll we'll give him 44. We have Mace, no problem. Mace, you, you give you give him his credit. He had 60 this year. <laughs> Who else was they throwing it to? Christian Watson didn't start catching passes till like week 10. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. I can't even name none of their receiver. That Romeo guy, what's that dude? The dude from Nevada, something like that. But Romeo Dobbs or Dowds yeah. or something like that. Yeah, he spelled it wrong too. It's not, it don't even look like Dobbs, but I think it's pronounced. I mean, who knows? He's they got nothing up there. Yeah, but but like I said, man, back on back on like the D Hop deal for me, man. Um, here it makes it makes it, it makes ways it makes a whole lot of sense for Dallas to do this if well listen if if the if the price is a second round pick let me run down the list of second round picks that Dallas has hit on in the last like 15 or so years Diggs, Darryl, I just want to ask are you surprised by this and Sean Lee <laughs> so in 15 years we've hit on three second round picks We've reached Mace. on Randy Gregory. D We've reached on a bunch of other guys. Give up the pick. You need to have perspective on who you're talking to about teams drafting poorly. Okay? Have some perspective, baby. Okay? I do have perspective. I, do I need to tell you about first-rounders that we pissed out our legs with? Hmm? In the second round, Dallas has been poor in the draft. What you think the Bears been? <laughs> Y'all had yes, we've been poor in the first, second, and third. What are we talking about? Listen, man. I'm li hey, 
y'all coming up. Y'all finally got somebody that understand what they're doing. So hey, congratulations. All Jerry, you are terrible in the second round. Trade that pick. Get D Hop. I, I got nuts after that. Go get go get D Hop. Get the second round pick. It's it, it's meaningless. You you've had three good players out of the second round in the last 15 years, and you holding on to a second round pick because you think you can reach on a guy and he turn out great. Stop it. See, for me, the Cowboys, man, and, and look, I don't watch many Cowboys games as, I, as I'm sure you do, but man, I don't think I've been saying for three years now, I don't think it's a wide receiver issue. I think it's a it's a it's a play calling quarterback issue. I mean, they got two good receivers. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and bang the drum for Michael Gallup. He's a good, you know, he's, he's good at getting the ball. He's a physical receiver. He'll get up and get the ball with people around him. And, I mean, do you need to give up a second-round pick to get DeAndre Hopkins when there's other needs on the team? It, it's hit or miss for me. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. You want to have that guy. But, I mean, C.D. Lamb is, an elite, is a really good receiver. Gallup has a good role. I think if you could just add a slot receiver, honestly, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind if the Cowboys went and drafted uh, Jackson Smith and G, but I think he'd be a great. Fit. I don't think he makes it to them. If anybody makes it to him, it's going to be Downs or maybe Zay Flowers. But our our team has a history of passing up on small receivers, so that would that's what makes me skeptical about them. I like both of those guys. Don't get me wrong. A lot of times, slot receivers don't have game breaking speed, but those two guys do. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't mind the pick there at 26, but I don't think our team is going to do it just because, for whatever reason, Jerry just passes up on the smaller receivers. Well, Jerry would still draft Michael Irvin today if he could. So, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he'd definitely draft the 6'3", 4'6'' guy any day of the week. At 60 years old. He just loves <laughs> Michael Irvin. I mean. <laughs> That's why he always be on there – Defending Jerry, I feel like I feel like there's an extra paycheck coming Michael Irvin's way every time you say something good about Jerry. We just ain't gonna talk about it though. Mm -hmm. That's you under the table be, money. You better remember during the height of the just say no to drug stuff when Michael Irvin got caught with a whole bunch of cocaine. Jerry was like, "Nah, bro, you good? I still love you, baby. We need you back here. I got you. Don't worry about this. We got you. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a little coke." Man, just a little coat. Yeah, I did something. You know, that's what that's, that's what Jerry's saying. He's like, I've done something, so what? It's just a little coat. We got you, Michael. We got you. Hey, from what I hear though, legitimately, they say once you end with Jerry, you end with him for life. That man, they say that man got you for life. So, like, hey, Zeke might have got cut, but he's still gonna be able to come to family dinner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good for Zeke. Good for Zeke. Where's Zeke going, man? Back to Dallas. I hear the the um. I wouldn't be shocked, Jerome. The whispers I'm hearing is uh Buffalo. I can see that for sure. I think I think Miami should make a run at him too. It, Buffalo, if you gonna pay him, you might as well just say, "Hey, we'll wait for Tony Pollard to come back. We'll pay you instead." Why would you pay the lesser guy that's on the market? Like, what? What? What sense does that make? See, well, they see, have to. Well, hey. Buffalo has to has to keep that position low because they've put so much stock in Josh Allen and passing the ball. You can't spend money at the like you just can't spend money at the running back position. But this, but this is why Pilot would be better for them because they pass the ball so much. They can finally actually have a 
running back who can excel in the passing game. The boys they've been putting out there. Look, Singletary, Wolf. Okay, uh, what, what's the the dude that was the rookie for him last year? Um, James Cook. James Cook. Wolf. Okay, <laughs> so like, come on, man. The, look, Tony Pollard better than both of them. Plain out and simple. So, Tony Pollard I, was a college receiver. Makes all the sense in the world. So, I mean, we'll see what happens, though, right? Like, there's there's still plenty of movies end up happening. We will see. But I have to transition us here to the season that is still going on, and it is that hot NBA season. And I have to start with asking the question of all of you: Who's the best team in the league? So I'll with- start first. Um, <clears throat> you know, I I I really like I like Boston. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, their their late game shot making ability. I think that's what puts them over the top of, over Milwaukee. Like, don't get me wrong, I I'm not I'm. Giannis is still in my he's in my opinion the best player in the league right now. I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. But um, I got to go Boston. Um, for whatever, it's finally clicked for Tatum and Brown. I've been calling for years to have those guys split up, but it's it's finally starting to work for them. I think uh, it it works in playoff situations. It works in late game finally. So um, yeah, I mean, I just got to go Boston right here. I um, Milwaukee's record is one game better. I mean, that's really not that's here no, neither here nor there, and one game really isn't much, but. I think Boston's a better one team. One game and two two losses less. <laughs> Cut yeah. it out. Game and a half. <laughs> 50, and, 50 and 20. Bucks. I uh personally I'm I, I've been like what I've seen out of Philly recently. I think if they're putting it together. You know, I don't want to face Joel Embiid in a seven-game series. I don't want to face James Harden if he's like his old self in a seven-game series. I mean, we don't got to talk about the fact that James Harden was up on those Warriors teams back in the day until they won about 0 for 45 in game seven from from three. So, you know, if, if you get a good Joel Embiid and James Harden for me, I, I think the three best teams are in the East, though. I think it's those three. I think it's Milwaukee, Boston, and Philly myself. Yeah, definitely. Um, the East is definitely stronger this year. I mean, look at even even look at Cleveland. Um, out of nowhere, they're the fourth seed in the East, and um, it's a strong fourth seed. It's not like they're scraping by as a fourth seed. Like they are. All those draft picks they acquired are actually panning out. They've been drafting well. Um, I'm. That's a very young team that could build just the same way Boston did and and finally hey have a breakthrough without a big name superstar that comes in via trade so i mean i'm not the biggest cleveland fan but i'm a fan of what that team is doing right now given that that all of their players have basically been drafted by them and and developed so i got to applaud that but <clears throat> For for the, to switch over to um, Philly, man, I just can't trust James Harden in the playoffs. That's so fair. That's so fair. I mean, you know, I, I think we've seen though recently is that you know th- there's been a few teams where you're like, 
oh man, you don't really trust this guy, then it just happens. They just win. You know, like I yeah. think Giannis, Giannis is the first one I think of. When you think about what happened in the bubble when Miami just shut him down, made him look like he was not the game changing top superstar he was. And you have those questions, man, can can Giannis do this? And then the next year he just drops 50 in a, in a closeout game in the finals. And you're like, man, okay, he did it. So, you know, could we see that? Could we see James Harden this year just have his best playoff run ever and Joel Embiid plays like he does and they're, they're, they could walk away with, with any series if they have those two at the top of their game. But, I mean, those 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 the, that's fair, though, to be worried about that. It's not going to be an easy road, and, and Harden's really got to prove himself. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to show he, he wants it, man, because, I mean, you know, he, when, when he's on and wants it, he's still one of the best 5'10 players in the NBA, um, even though he doesn't get talked about that much. Yeah, man. Um, the the issue that I have with James is just that. I mean, like I said, he checks out. He mentally checks out of games. Um, maybe in maybe Embiid is finally the player to finally get him right in those situations and be like, hey, bro, somebody that could stand up to him and talk back to him, like, hey, we, you can't you can't come out here and play lackadaisical. Like, you got a ball. You got a ball, regardless of if we're down two three or, or three one or whatever the case is me and you on the court we can figure this out so maybe that's what he needs is that that mental drive that somebody to mentally challenge him because um or maybe he's just ready himself to to drop off that that whole um persona of being somebody that's not trustworthy in the playoffs maybe he's ready to shake that off and and give us the regular season James Harden in the playoffs. Right. No, for sure. And I mean, the other, the other team I'm, I think of when I think about the West, you know, we talk about all the best teams are in the East, but um, I mean, we don't know what the timeline is on Kevin Durant's injury, but um, for a team that's really kind of disappointed this year for most of the year, they still added Kevin Durant. I mean, the Suns are still a very scary team out West. I think they might be the best team in the West if Kevin Durant plays. I same thing you said with James Harden. I just don't trust the Nuggets in the playoffs. I don't think they have the shot makers. I don't think Jokic can do it all by himself. And he's proven that a few times now that he he can't. You know, he, he's won a few series, but I've never really felt like, oh man, the Nuggets really look like the team to watch in the West. Um, even this year playing well, I, I still just don't feel that to be honest. Yeah, I man, can't it, believe you brought up those frauds known as the Phoenix Suns. Okay, them dudes is. Frauds. They may be frauds, but and, they've added Kevin Durant. But is KD even going to be able to play? Is he going to be healthy? That's the well. That's the question. That's, that's the question. But, yeah. If they have KD, I think they're the best team in the West. If they don't, which, in in the West, over them. In the West, with a healthy Kevin Durant, which team is beating the Suns? Don't say Sacramento. I will. Kings. There we go. I'm the guy. Mm. Sorry, because I had <laughs> but, to sit. I, I had to sit there. I had to really sit here and hear y'all wet dreams about the freaking Sixers. Sixers <laughs> suck. I'm sorry. You could say all day. You could say all day. They're looking good. You, you said this. You said this stuff last year. They're looking good. I have hope. Uh, James Harden this and James Harden that. What happened, bro? We told you James Harden in the playoffs is a different person. I legitimately said that. But we should we should even bring them up until they actually we show have some to type bring them promise. up. No, they're the no, they're that's the third best team record wise in the league. You have to bring them up. You can't nonsense. just you can't just deny that they haven't won games. I can. How those games are fraudulent? They don't care. How are they fraudulent, bro? They, you know what? 
do those games matter or the I, finals listen, matter? Listen, which we, one? We know, which one matters? Listen, as a show, we understand that hey, Philadelphia hey, is hey, not. It, hey, if, Eagles, if it was up to you, Eagles Philadelphia wouldn't even be. Eagles can win every freaking States. game, but when the big game comes, they lost. Right? If it was up to you, Philadelphia would just not be a city anymore. It would just like meld into Phil, like Pittsburgh. Philadelphia is know. a bunch of frauds. They celebrate early and then lose. That's what they do. That's all they do. That's all they do. Their family baseball team did it. They're, I'm not even going to bring up hockey. That's something I'm not touching because at least hockey got some type of respect. Uh, freaking football, celebrate early, die later. What's next? Uh, can we bring up any more Philadelphia teams? Soccer, MLS. Hey, we're not touching. We're going to – we're going to – not get caught in Daryl's hate for Philly because <laughs> but okay but, that, that'll take us down a dirty rabbit hole. He really hates Philly and it is why like like Daryl like it's borderline irrational but I like it. So, so like like I said before before we move on though I really want to know like Kevin Durant's healthy which team in the West you feel comfortable is beating the Suns? Well he could be healthy but not play good. When does he not play good when he's when he's out there? The Clippers. If Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are both healthy going into the playoffs, I think they have a good enough roster, top to bottom, to beat them. And I think you you with them you don't allow Devin Booker and uh, Kevin Durant to dominate like they would other teams because you have two wings that on their better nights they can really clamp a guy down. I mean, nobody's clamping Kevin Durant down, but they're going to slow him down, right? They're going to slow down what Devin Booker is going to do on any given night. So the Clippers for me, but that's very, again, this is another team we're talking about that's super dependent on health. Is Kawhi going to be able to stay healthy all this time? Is Paul George going to be able to stay healthy? Who knows? Yeah. Is that the is that the Suns narrative now? If it, if they have to be healthy or was it last year? It was like what? They were Infected by a Kardashian. Which one was it? Hey, look. Oh. <laughs> ITC has maintained over the years that when you mess with them Kardashians, it's going <laughs> to mess your career up if you were an athlete. We've talked about this. Lamar, okay. Look, look. Chris Humphreys, had a, he had a chance to be a dude who could be riding the bench, being a role player for 10, 15 years in the league. He messed it. with the Kardashians. Nobody even wants to touch that dude on their team no more. Everybody was like, nah, bro, we good. We good. We seen you on TV. We good. So, no, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, you look. The Kardashians are bad for your athlete, athletic life. If you go back and look at the history, I don't believe there are any champions when you was messing with Kardashians. As soon as you get away from them, all of a sudden your fortunes start turning around. It's amazing. Hey, look okay. at Tristan, you know. Hey, look, Trey, when Tristan was out there in the streets, he got a championship. When he started <laughs> with the Kardashians, now everybody just know him as Chloe's baby daddy. You know what I'm saying? Like, look what happened. Went from NBA champion to Chloe's baby daddy, man. That's how he's he just BD status now, baby daddy. That's all that, he is. That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's all he is. But in fairness, I didn't give you guys my my best team in the NBA, and I don't think it's going to shock anybody. For me, it's the Bucks. The Bucks know how to get it done in the playoffs, and the way that they play is designed to beat you in the playoffs all day. And they still have this dude named Giannis that we have seen 
when it's when he is win or go home time, he win it. Okay, we know exactly what it like. Think about what he played on in the NBA Finals and came out and was dropping buckets when they needed him to close it out. Giannis was out there sinking his free throws. Like we know that dude has hundred percent dog in him. So for me, it's the Bucks. Until you can prove, to, until you can show me a team that can match up with them through seven games and slow down Giannis, I don't know how you win. Yeah. I don't disagree. For once, I don't. He's the best. Like, dog, like, look, Jokic is, and we're going to get to this. Jokic is a hall, like, he's on a Hall of Fame track right now. He is more than likely, when his basketball career is done, going to the Hall of Fame, right? But even his impact ain't Giannis, because Giannis does it on defense too, which, so, like, hey, he, right now, he the man in Houston. Okay, Jokic plays defense, but he plays lazy defense. Mm -hmm. Here's a stat for you that's gonna be crazy, bro. Listen to his his um <clears throat> kickball violations next to the 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 next. Okay, so he's at like fifty, mm -hmm. and the next lead, the next guy on the list, fifteen. <laughs> so he's like, if you get past me, I'm just gonna kick the ball out of your hands. Yeah. It's lazy, but like, there's no real penalty behind the kickball violations. Is it lazy or is it just that he doesn't have the athleticism to guard guys like that? But even though it's still late, it's lazy, but it's intelligent because there's no real penalty for it. See, it's, I, not, I, it's like the same, it's the same situation where James Harden was jumping in the dudes. He's taking advantage of a rule. Yeah. See, I view that differently than you. I don't think Jokic plays lazy defense. I just think he doesn't have the athleticism to deal with most of these undersized guys that he's having to guard now that are all just faster than him. Like, be real about it, fellas, right? Tell me, outside of Jokic, um, Aiton, and Bede, who the real big man? I mean, that, that, what, what big man impacts, big? that impacts a game? Probably Brooke Lopez. But, but Brooke don't even really play big in the way that you think. If you look, Brooke most of the time now, be, he spaced the floor out and just be dropping threes on people's head, bruh, like he did when I went and saw the Bucks versus Bulls. This man, Brooke <laughs> Lopez, is out here making threes. Oh, bruh. Oh, hey, it's not even like he just hit, hit them boys and hit them joints in the corner. He'll hit a wing three. He'll hit a no, top no, of the he was, three. No, he was hitting up top three where he just – Bang! Like, come on, bro. Word. It's crazy to think that last year I could have named two other big men that were playing big, but then there was a dumb trade that put them together, and they don't mesh together, and that's Gobert and Cat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all got my boy Ant out there fighting for his life, trying to get to the bucket now. Ant fighting for his life trying to get to the bucket, man. When we were talking about NFL moves a little bit ago, I said, man, the Bears, GMs, they made moves. Even at the time, you were like, what are they thinking? Man, when the, the Timberwolves traded for Rudy Gobert, I thought that was the craziest move I've ever heard in my entire life. There's just no reason those two guys need to be together. And now they – I mean, they both took such a huge step back. Cat's averaging 20 and 8. 20 and 8. From Cat, he should be averaging 25 and 12. Easy. But I've I've always had my uh my reservations about him though. What you mean? That's your boy, Mace. That's no, your boy, ain't. big cat. No, it ain't. That's your boy. No, no, it ain't. 
<laughs> that is your boy. I don't care what you say. Big cat forever, your boy. That's okay. little cat, bro. He plays small. <laughs> Get out of here. Look, besides last year, yeah, every year in his career, he played small. He really did. He 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 was a seven foot dude that wanted to play. Like hey, look, him and street clothes had the same problem. They seven feet tall and don't want to play like they seven feet tall. That's today's NBA, man. Everyone wants to be a wing. Hey, look. AAU ball, that's the problem. Everyone wants to play AAU ball. You want to ISO up, you want to cross people over, you're trying to get on the highlight film, man. You're trying to put up the points you need, get the rebounds, do the dirty work, man. You know, if, if you could be seven feet tall in today's NBA, I mean, there's a lot of decent seven-footers who probably shouldn't be as good as they are because they just do everything they need to. I mean, I could name random European centers that are just putting up way better numbers than they need to be putting up because when they when they get the ball, they make the right moves. When they ball, when the shot goes up, they're boxing somebody out. Look at Zubat. Look at Zubat. Love Ivica Zubat. Absolutely. Like Yaka Pirtle. Look at these dudes play, bro. Like they don't do anything flashy, no. but they have a drop step and they can turn on both shoulders. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they can drop step and turn either way. Look, I miss, and I and I told Daryl and Mace this day, I miss the NBA being a league where there's like a bunch of different styles of teams. Everybody's such a, like you said, very perimeter oriented. They just want to play on the wings all day. It's like, guys, I, it pisses me off to no end over and over when I watch a point guard get switched on to a center and then the point guard that has that now got a center on him, he's like, oh, I'm not going to give my big man the easy bucket. I'm going to sit out here, dribble, 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 try and get to the lane or put up some step back. What what, what Patrick, you would say? Step back, one-legged, fade away, three. Like, yeah, that, that, that's what dudes is shooting out here. And it's like, man, like, come on, bro. Like, I miss where there was, you know, when you knew a Phil Jackson team was the triangle, right? When you knew a Don Nelson team was going to get up and down the floor and, and, and be doing basically seven seconds or less, right? When you knew teams had styles, when you knew, hey, like a team like the Pistons, hey, look, we ain't got the prettiest offense, but we're going to grind you out every night, right? Like, I used to love watching Detroit win games 75-70 every night in the playoffs. <laughs> every right. night. Love that, man. It's one of those things that you look back and you're like, it ain't the prettiest aesthetic thing, right? But it was more basketball than what we're watching now because the game required you to play on both ends and they figured out a way to suffocate you on one side of the ball to make it where you where you struggling to score 60. <laughs> you, you right, like, like, imagine oh. imagine a Luka Doncic playing back in like 2002 where you had to play defense. He couldn't. He couldn't. Luca, if he played back then, the problem for him would be he could only play for somebody like Don Nelson because everybody else would have required him to play too much defense. Everybody else would have been like, wait a minute, hold on a second. You can just be a turnstile. Yeah. He'd be Jamal Crawford back in the day with two more assists. Basically. Basically. <laughs> Look, no, like, we ain't hating on Luca, dog. No, I yeah, love him. <laughs> I think all of us like him, right? But we also are realist about it. And it's like, dog, I look, he's great. 
but I don't know how much better he actually makes his team. Right. I don't. And then, and, and Mace, and look, it's going just like how we said it was going to go. We ought to talk about it right now. Look at this mess in Dallas. Oh, my God. Terrible. Them boys got to score 150 just to win, bro. <laughs> I mean, legitimately, like, there's no defense being played in Dallas right now. And Jason Kidd has no answers when he goes to these press conferences. Like, we're just built for offense. That's his. And and Dallas, another team, is just making these crazy moves. I mean, I, I couldn't believe when I when they made that trade for Kyrie, all these analysts talking about, oh, they're going to be such a good match. I was like, what are you talking about? Kyrie and who could be in a good match for each other? Do they? I don't know. These people just kind of come up with talking points now because that is absolutely false. They have no business playing together, and they got a bad coach and Jason Kidd, and they spent way too much money on Christian Wood when they should have gone out and got somebody else in free agency that could have done a lot more than he's doing. Just bad move after bad move in Dallas, and they're ruining Lucas' hey, career right now. If we being real, they should have never got rid of Porzingis. They should have said, "Hey, Luca, hey dog, you doing something wrong that this man ain't able to get off." You need to adjust your game. Yep. But they're so busy out there kissing his cheeks, letting him do whatever he wants. And now that's why they got what they have. Exactly. Look, you got two star players who play zero defense. That's not, never going to work. And have no size. At the very least, if one of them was tall, they might be able to get a few steals here and there. They can't even do that. <laughs> Look, I try and keep it clean over here. But you know my terms on, on stuff like this. They out there with a bunch of mid MFs, okay? <laughs> All right. Look, I know in the, the context <laughs> of the normal world, right? These guys are still tall. But in the NBA, there's a bunch of midget motherfuckers out there. Hey, and it is mouse in the house. MB walks into the stadium, mouse in the house. Hey, what's <laughs> it? What's that? Is Stacy be in there screaming it, Dave? He'd be mouse in the house, mouse in the house. <laughs> like, man. But legitimately, Dallas, they until they can get a real roster with Luca and Luca can figure out that hey, hey guys, I gotta figure out how to be effective like this without holding on to the ball so much so other people can stay in rhythm and be feel like they in the game. Cause I'm sure all of us out here have played with somebody on the court. But this dude just wanna he he think he the dribble guy, right? He think he the I mean, man. Look at, out look there. at Brunson in it, um New York right now. <clears throat> Offense has oh. been able to flourish within a team in a team that actually has flow and gets guys involved. But out in Dallas, it was like Luca might pass me the ball with five seconds left, and I got to figure something out. Yeah. And it's crazy to think about. I mean, you know, obviously with it being Dallas and being the, the you know, you know, they had the superstar for Dirk for all those years, and it turns into Luca. I mean, even if you look back, I just had to look up really quick just to make sure I wasn't, I wasn't going crazy. But I mean, even when you think about Dirk's, you know, the 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 the, the twenty eleven finals, when you think, man, Dirk played his best ball. Dirk won them that series. I mean, he still he wasn't just filling up stat sheets like Luca's filling up. He was. He was spacing out properly so that other guys could make stuff happen. He was playing very smart basketball, played a little defense, even though he was a little old and slow, like we talked about Jokic a little bit ago. But, I mean, he put up 26 and 10. He wasn't like he was putting up 40 points. He wasn't putting up D-Wade 06 stats to single-handedly win them the title. Once Luka realizes that, that he's got to make other guys better, he'll take that next step. Until then, he's going to be in the MVP conversation every year. 
but he's never going to win one because he's going to be sitting at fifth, sixth, seventh place in the Western Conference every year. And you don't win MVP doing that unless you're playing on a team like Russell's Thunder was when they had no talent anywhere. The gift and the curse for Luka Doncic is that he's been playing professional basketball so long and he's had Since success he was playing a certain way. <laughs> yeah, like it's the gift and the curse for him, which is why you need a real head coach when you when you have a player like that. Cause you like we can all see that's a strong personality. That dude is he he he, he look, you you tell him something he don't like to hear, he gonna let you know. Hey, F me, I, mean, I ain't trying to hear it, bro. I mean, Carlisle said it best. He was like a lot of times Luca would just he would ignore the play call and call something, call an ISO for himself or call a pick and roll. He was like, to hell with whatever you called, I got this. Which is probably which is really, which is my opinion. Say what you want to. Carlisle got out of there of his own volition. He was yep. like, listen, I don't want to deal with this. Yep. Regardless of what happened in the media, what they said happened, I really feel like Carlisle was like, hey, he probably went to Cuba and was like, hey, bro, I gotta go. I can't. Yeah. Why stay there and coach a guy that's not listening to you? Yeah. It's like, I obviously know you ain't going to get rid of Luca. So, hey, bro, just I want out. I don't know. It's it's pretty wild. But we got to keep things moving here. We're talking about Jokic. In your mind, should he win a third straight MVP? And I want to bring context to this because – I know a lot of people there's there's been hot you know perk said what he said right and i get what he was saying mm -hmm. and i understand why jj felt defensive in the way that he did but also jj reddick i love you brother but uh you can never say that uh when it's a whole big group of mostly white people that there's not going to be some inherent bias there, my boy. Like you, you, you can't do that. That's not how things work. It's been proven to be a, a fallacy everywhere else in the world. So if it's been proven everywhere else in the world to be a fallacy, that means it's a fallacy in the world of sports too. Okay. So I get what you were trying to say. You're basically trying to say not everybody's racist, but let's talk about it. Let's be real. So in I the think history, in the history, since let, 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 and we could just go back to 1980. Can you guys name me the players who have won three MVPs in a row? Is that the list? Is that, are we done already? I got it. Larry Bird. That's it. Larry was a dog. <laughs> 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 we forget how good Larry was. Here, here's, here's the thing, though, that I think that one thing that, that, that really bothered me about what Kendrick said, though, is is that there is there's two things that all those guys have in common, right? Steve Nash, Nikola Jokic, and Dirk. Yo, yes, they are all white, but they were also all when they won the award the number one seed in the Western Conference. That plays something. And the NBA team success does a will make up for statistical failures. You know, if if you don't put up the same number, we don't got to talk about in Chicago. Derrick Rose's MVP. He sure didn't put up better numbers than LeBron James did that year. He sure wasn't playing, yo. He sure wasn't, but he got the number one seed. He had the best record in the league. That's almost always going to be the key indicator. You can find what team elevated to a way higher level than what they should have been before. I think Jokic does win it. I'd still vote for Giannis myself, but 
when you have the Nuggets as the number one seed in the Western Conference, Nikola Jokic is going to get all those looks for MVP. I think the the thing that sets it apart is the Nuggets record when he gets triple doubles. It's it's something ridiculous, like thirty four and one or something like mm-hmm. that. Like it it's so I I think that's the outlier because you can look at um, Westbrook's um, triple doubles and look at his team's record when he was getting triple doubles, and then you say, hey. Jokic is out here averaging a triple double and his team is winning in games that he actually gets triple doubles. It's like his contributions directly affect the wins, which is why he'll probably get his third, why he will get another MVP. I mean, it's just kind of the the stats go with go with winning. And like you said, like you're saying, if you're you win games you're going to be in the MVP conversation if you have solid stats and he has above solid stats. So. I think uh, I, I, I it, it's almost sad that Boston's team is so good because Tatum, you know, every time I look up Tatum's in another clutch shot, put up another 35 point performance. He's definitely finished top five. I think he should get a little more, at least just mention, just say his name in the conversation. Um, but it's, it, it's really Joel Giannis and, and Jokic, in my opinion, as a, as a three to, to look at. You mean Kobe Jr.? That's the exact man. Hey, it's don't say that about him. He's going to hear you, man. He's going to start posting on Instagram about it now. Listen, it's crazy. Hey, he might. In a guard-slash-wing-driven league that the top MVP candidates are big men. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's but a also, place for him. That makes sense, though, because... Dave, I appreciate what Jason Tatum doing, but he's shooting 45% now. Come on, baby. Come on, Dave. He's shooting 45. This is only all over again. This is the stuff that drove me crazy with Kobe fans, was they were Kobe come out there shooting 45%, and they're like, oh, he the best player in the league. LeBron is shooting 53% and averaging almost triple-double and got more points. And y'all talking about Kobe the best player? Get out of my face. We brought up some. It's we been long up- enough. I can get back oh. to my Kobe hate. It's been long enough. You can hate on Kobe all you want to. He's still Man. dope. He's the what? I said what I said. I don't think this, you should have, but okay. This is why <laughs> I hate Kobe fans. Damn, I don't. You can hate. Why. You can hate us all you want to. I said what I said, and I stand by it. I respect that, man. Hey, he won. He's a winner, man. He won two of the I most stand, dominant player on his I team. Stand he won two is the most dominant. It. Go back and look at the, go I, back and look at them the them first three and look what he was doing in the fourth quarters. Of, and of, did you of see Shaquille O'Neal's numbers? What is yes, Shaquille? Shaq what was Shaq numbers. doing? What was Shaq doing? Dominate. Yeah, I saw Shaq numbers. Don't act like Kobe exactly. wasn't, wasn't closing games. Bro, Shaq was closing yeah, games. Yeah, all that you can do all that you want to. Don't act like Kobe not, wasn't oh closing games. Oh my God, Lakers fans tell themselves such lies. Facts don't even matter to you guys. They don't even matter. This is why I hate Laker fans. This is why. You can hate us all you, can hate us all you want to. I said what I said, and I stand by it. This is I'll, why die on, I'll die on that hill. That's the sword I'm dying by. I don't care. I said what Reality I said. Reality doesn't exist to them. It does not exist. No, not. I live in my own reality. Jesus. I personally believe 
as absurd as it is that nobody else has won three MVPs in a row, for me, I'm not a hater. That doesn't mean that I then think it's okay for you to hate on somebody that's out there balling and they shouldn't get their third MVP in a row, right? Like it's the argument that people would use against LeBron when he was in his when he was at his very best, right? Which is like, oh well, you know, you can't give it to him three times in a row. Like, no, yes, you can. It's just like with the, the our same argument with Michael Jordan. It's like, dude, you can give it to him six times in a row if you want to. He's the if he's the best player and his team's being the best. He's the MVP. That's just how it works. I understand a lot of MVP is narrative built and all that stuff. So I, I, I get how this stuff happens. Jokic is the MVP, but he's not the best player in the league. Yeah, exactly. Because, because I feel like he's doing more with less. Because I know a lot of people get real hyped about Jamal Murray and all those guys. Look, you're talking about a bunch of dudes who, if they were not playing on the team with Jokic, you would be like, damn, you kind of sorry. Right. So I got to give him his credit for that. So for me, Jokic should win the third MVP in a row. And the only other person that should even be getting votes in this first place votes, I'm saying, is Giannis, because Giannis has continued to assert his dominance since he won his first one. He has only continued to be as dominant, if not even more. So for me, that's an easy one. But then again, though. You get these drunk Laker fans saying crazy stuff, so you never know what some of these guys out here voting might might say. So, you know, things drive you a little bit crazy. And each and every week, our guy Mace comes and brings to you the things that drive him a little bit crazy in his mind. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mace's Madness. Oh, God, the lights went red. So, so um, I was a little late to the party watching uh, Game of Thrones. You know what I'm saying? I didn't didn't make it there when everybody else did, but I had a great yeah, time. You mean I had told you for years. Sorry, listen, I'm bro. Sorry. Go away. I, listen, I don't think I could have lived with with that hate for Cersei for as long as y'all have. I don't think I could. I don't think I could have made it. But anyways, <clears throat> did not imagine myself living in a time where things in Game Game of Thrones would be relevant still. But uh, good old West Virginia. How in the world did y'all not pass a law banning child marriage? Let me let, let that marinate for I didn't say I didn't say they 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 uh shot down a law like allowing child marriage. That's no, they banned a law or they they didn't pass a law banning child marriage. So 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 this is some straight Game of Thrones. This is on the East Coast. We're giving them to Daryl. Daryl, get your peoples. Hey, listen, this is some straight, straight out of Game of Thrones. Hey, I need I you can marry my third daughter twice removed for a piece of land. Like this is some listen, bro. How in the how is that even a thing? I I'm I'm I mean, I could go down the list with some more, with some more states doing some crazy stuff. But you know, we we gonna stick here for a minute because this is kind of. So you trying to tell me, as a thirty-two year old adult, if I had a family friend 
who who I, who needed a favor, I could marry their twelve year old daughter and give them you know, like like what? That's kind of where we, that's kind of where West Virginia is right now. Like, as a, as a grown adult, you can convince somebody's parents to allow them to to let you marry their child. I'll give you one guess to where West Virginia ranks in education since we're talking about them not caring about their kids. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're like, I'm pretty sure if they're, they're between 45 and 50. Oh, they're 50. <laughs> they don't care about kids out in West Virginia. They don't care. They only care about kids in West Virginia if they can get into the little spots in the coal mine. That's the only time they care about children. Thanks. Uh, so, so, so we're, we're marrying for labor workers to... <laughs> <laughs> for clarity for everyone, uh, um, by reporting of thehill.com, it this bill was successfully discharged from the Senate Judiciary Committee on Thursday, but it remains to see if it can pass the full Senate, and it did not pass the full Senate. So, and the law was to make it illegal to marry anyone under the age of 16, and uh, West Virginia was like, nah, bro, we good. Yeah, exactly. So hide your kids. <laughs> Damn. Yo, man, like I sometimes, man, I see this stuff that goes on in America. I'm like, how in the world do we live in a third world country, bro? Third world country wrapped in shiny paper, so it looks nice. We're a I third world country wrapped in a in a Gucci trench coat. Yep. I got, I got a question with this. You know what? I think I just I think you just made me have one today. <laughs> I think you just finally made me have one since so this is gonna be I think I'm like three weeks straight. I, I think I can't break the streak. Oh Lord. Because no, man, don't be hijacking my spot, bro. This is this is the thing. I'm I'm asking you a question with this. Okay, okay. Um so this is about marriage and underage, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, if marriage underage is wrong, wouldn't be everything on the terms of underage would also be wrong as well? What are you talking about? So, for example, if we look at marriage and underage and saying, hey, like they don't have the full responsibility to make these types of choices, wouldn't it be the same thing goes along with everything that else is going on with the world, such as gender changes and everything else? No, well, but the parents are like a lot, like it's not like you can just like marry a 12 year old, like the, the child's parents have to like agree to this in like a court judge has got to you got to go to like the court let the judge be like hey bro i want my 12 year old to marry this 50 year old dude and and that's it like that i mean it's not like you can just pluck a child up out of out of elementary school and be like i want him i want her here here's my answer to you daryl have you ever seen the whitakers on youtube the whitakers are because we don't have because they don't have laws like this. Okay, they, they're a perfect example of where you know some things are being done real f up there. Okay, I get what you're saying, but 
one one thing we're talking about is a person how they identify inside and then the other we're talking about someone marrying a child those are two different things that do not correlate no 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 i understand what you were saying but i'm talking about feeling inside is a whole different story versus like actually like having surgery at that point that's but, but that doesn't matter though hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on time how many kids have had surgery daryl we don't know okay so stop that's giving me your straw man argument <laughs> let's move on keep going with what you're doing he's he bringing yeah, up but... fucking he bringing up effing straw man okay just keep it moving man. Hey, don't like don't, said, don't don't even follow boy. It's straw man the one one of the poorest states in in the country in our fucking union go ahead and give me a fine i don't care because they they deserve it they probably need I, you know what i'll donate the five dollars to west virginia because they probably need it i could probably feed five families in west virginia for five dollars <laughs> yes, whoa, whoa 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 but man but like how in the world is this even a, a thing like how is this a thing how is this even on the docket of voting like where do we where did we go wrong as a country to where we have states who can be so vastly different from one another like i could go to a state and provide for my family by growing marijuana or or in other states i can go to jail for the rest of my life for selling marijuana how is that a thing How is that a thing? You said it. Those magic three <laughs> borders. Why? How is that exist, a thing? I, I don't I don't get it. How like 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 at some point somebody's got to get control of this thing and be like y'all can't be marrying kids. Y'all can't be sending people to jail for weed over here and let them live their life over there. Like we, what are we doing? My man Greg Pavich said it best. We live in a racist country. Like I said, we're a third world country wrapped in a Gucci trench coat. That's what we are. You look at it, you look at some of these states and the laws that they have, and it's third world written all over it. Are you wrong? Well, each and every week, ladies and gentlemen, we take a trip into the mind of a madman to tell you about the things that he has seen that are driving you a little bit crazy. Ladies and gentlemen, that was another edition of Mace's Madness. Now we have to get into the big event that's coming up so very soon. Within the next two weeks, we will be seeing an event that I know all of us look forward to each and every year, and that is Russellmania. <laughs> hey, you, you like my vents? Did you like it? Hey, that was solid. Solid. I'm glad you guys appreciate it. I'm glad. Um, but Daryl, last week we were talking about WrestleMania and, and some of the things that were going on. How do you feel about how the, some of the stories are progressing now? Have you changed your mind at all about what's going on with um Charlotte and Rhea? How you want the show laid out? What, what's taking place over for you over this last week? Night one's gonna be a bus. That's how I feel. 
Night one. Also, put your bird wings away. Woo! <laughs> what's the so what what's the full night one docket? Night one right now, they trying to decide either they want to end it with the Usos versus KO and Sammy or be Charlotte and Rhea. That is literally the like the, the main toss-up. I'm saying night one's is gonna be boring. Like, is it gonna be like, hey, night one, we got to start it off with this, that, and the third, and the real things that we want to watch is gonna be on night two. Because they feel like B- Bianca and Oscar are not strong enough to be on that night one. So, yeah, like it's, it's it's not it's not like it's not like how last year we had Austin and Kevin Owens in the show. Like that's strong, right? Like you had that going down. Like, but th- but this year it's like, what can you really end it if you're not having like you built you built most of the year of the bloodline? We want to see it like. Night one, can't see that night one. You're gonna have to have that night two. You're not gonna have anything special. Like we're probably gonna have Logan Paul and Seth Rollins on night one too. So, so what? What would be your like? How would you split it up? Like if, if you if you could give somebody a night one main event, what would it be? I just want to say, Daryl, what you just said was pure. The nostalgia got me last year. It got me. That, that's yeah, what you so, just said. So, so what would be your what would be your night one main event? Cody and Reigns, night one. Ooh, so what would be the night two main event? Who's gonna say it? Bracket on Moss. Stop it. You <laughs> stop it. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Um yeah, how you gonna say that should be number night one? What would be night two then, Daryl? Well, we always you, know, wait, we always know the closing I'm show. Confused. You objected to the women's match closing night one, but now you're like, well, might as well let them close night two. <laughs> like, what? I don't understand. We always know the closing event is the that's the biggest event. I mean, you open with a big event night one. I I get it. I understand. But night two, whatever your biggest event is of that night, that's night two's closer. So what? Give him, so give give them Sammy Zayn and Owens winning the titles. Give the crowd what they want. So so should that not? I mean, how how is that night two's event? Should that be night one's main event? No, it should be night two's. Yeah, I'm being selfish. Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. You got the days off of work. Why are you being selfish? Because I don't want to end on no Rhea and freaking Charlotte. Come on I, now. I think that they had something last year. First of all, though, remember last year, it wasn't a confirmed match for Stone Cold and Kevin Owens. That was a little bit of a twist they threw on. It was just supposed to be the KO show. And you knew there would be something but a whole match going throughout the arena was was not expected. So they could still throw some new stuff as for night one. But I like the idea of, you know, having a little bit of, of nostalgia to close the first night and you walk out feeling like, man, I can't believe they got to see that guy wrestle. I would end night one with Theory and Cena. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That would be a solid, that would be a solid night one closer. No, yeah, no, are you sh- talking about theory and, and seeing who you got winning though? 
I still haven't thought that far ahead yet. I got to see how these next few <laughs> Man, they can't just let theory get cooked all the time and then lose. But, I mean, is Cena, back to just, to, is Cena coming back to lose, though? I mean, he did it yes. one dark with Brave, so I'm with the Fiends. So, I mean, are they going to do it again? I, I'm okay with it. I, I like it. But then if they try to bring it up for SummerSlam, now it's every time Cena comes back, he loses. He lost to Roman. He lost to the Fiend. He lost to Austin Theory. I mean, he if can, I'm not a – if I'm not a full-time wrestler, why not get paid to come back and lose? Look, John oh, well, is doing exactly what he should be doing, which is coming back and helping other guys build their legacy. You I, have to let Austin Theory win. You well, look when you let when you're letting John come out here and verbally abuse this man week after week and get the best of him. <laughs> you can't make him lose at WrestleMania too, because then his character is just complete trash. Then it's like, oh, this guy is not serious at all. We don't even be, have to pay attention. Let, let him be Triple H. Like that one year he did the Royal Rumble and just win a title. Let him just do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with it. You stop. You stop that right now. Okay. You stop that. Nobody wants to see that. Okay. Nobody wants to see Nobody ever going to respect theory. Uh, you might be respecting theory, but nobody respects theory. I respect theory. I love theory. That's your boy, Daryl. First off. Second off, he's a good wrestler. He is. I just didn't like when WWE, when Vince McMahon was trying to shove him down our throat and say, this right. is the next guy. You gotta like Austin Theory. This is the oh, guy right but, but, here. But 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 he's an NXT guy. I've told you how many times must we discuss this? What you do on NXT means piss all to me until you come to the main roster. Can we talk since you talk about Vince and Theory, can we talk about how that they like were just attacked? Like they're just like a team together and like they both have all the same skeletons in their closet of allegations and stuff. <laughs> Nobody thought that was a bad idea. Not one person was like, Vince, maybe that's not the guy you should hook up to right now. No, not one person. Vince, Vince's ego is so big, he's not going to allow somebody to tell him <laughs> no. Vince was like, they're just allegations. Just Vince, like my <laughs> Vince is the old dude that goes to the gym and benches 315 and thinks he can pick up all the girls in the gym still. He can because he got money, and money makes you look yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the old saying? You're not ugly, you're just poor? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, wait, what, what did, uh, did Jay-Z Jay say? Uh, I'm a... I'm a billionaire. I'm cute. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And all of a sudden, a billion dollars makes you look real cute to a lot of yeah. women because all they That's see you ain't is ugly, your head gets poor. replaced with dollar signs. It's you just walking around and you're just one big dollar sign to them. That's it. That's it, but man. We, we ain't you ugly, you're right. just poor. <laughs> Good thing I'm not neither. But, um, Dave, <laughs> you make a great point. Talking about Vince McMahon and Austin Theory, with everything that happened, do you think because of what Vince was so hard, like, hey, you know, this is the guy, this is the guy, do you think that ended up having an overall negative impact on Austin Theory's career? Absolutely, 100%. I, you know, he, he plays a really good, you know, 
fly heel. He is he fits that mold. You look at him, he looks like a million bucks. You're gonna hate him. You know, he, he does things in the ring, you know, he cheats, you hate him. He's got everything. And and that's what John Cena was saying. In theory, he should be the biggest thing in the company right now. But when you spend your entire first year in the company being hooked up to Vince McMahon and everyone's saying, oh, my God, they're really going to do this again to us. Immediately, they're going to get hate. It's, people loved Roman Reigns until Roman Reigns was going to be the guy. And then it was like, oh, whoa, 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 hold on. But, I mean, when you look at his final two against Batista in the Royal Rumble, I mean, everyone was on Roman Reigns big time. Second that it's, hey, no, we're going to make him the guy, he all of a sudden dropped. So this is just a very normal thing wrestling fans do is they hear, hey, we're going to make this guy the guy. And if it's not something organic like a Daniel Bryan or or Kofi Mania or Cody Rhodes when he came back, they're just going to reject it immediately. So he's got to do a lot of work to get back to being even, and then people will be able to respect and understand his, his how good he is as a heel. And uh, uh, yeah, I think I think Vince ruined that for a while, and, and losing the Money in the Bank ruined it. Winning the Money in the Bank ruined, it, in my opinion, he should have never won that briefcase. That did more to me than anything to to to, to bring down his his stock. So next question is, let's just say they allow him to lose. Do you then think that he would um, have a chance to rebrand and start over? Yeah. If he loses to Cena. Yep. Do you think? Do you think that's a that's a plausible what they might do with him? For me, I, it, it, if they it is plausible, but I think it's stupid because well, you have somebody that's a clear and obvious heel. Mm-hmm. You've had you've already had his moments where, you know, it's like he kind of he didn't really get to shine. Right. Like like Dave said, money in the bank. He should have never have won that because then you were saying he's going to win the world title. And then once you realize that that was a terrible idea, you had to figure out a way to pivot the money in the bank to something that you that nobody really wants it to be, which is, oh, I could take a shot at any title. It's like, no, nobody. OK, if you win the money in the bank, let's just talk seriously. You win the money in the bank. Who in the blue hell is going to want to go after not the WWE title? Like, come on. That never <laughs> makes sense. Like, stupid. You remember they did that with NXT when it was a game show, too. The second winner went after Caval went after the Intercontinental Championship. And then NXT was done for. Done for. It makes, like I said, that never makes any sense. So they screwed him over with that. They heard him there. But now you have a, you have a chance to start actually building his character back up, right? Because... Even though he's been able to hold the U.S. title, it hasn't been like, oh, Austin Theory's went out there and been dominant. It's been a lot of, hey, he's got to find sneaky ways to win. Some crazy stuff happens and he ends up, you know, benefiting from it. Now you have the chance to actually give him a clean victory over someone and say, look at this. I beat John Cena. I'm in the main event picture. He don't deserve it. Let me ask you this. You say that. Who are the other heels that they can put out there right now then and put in that spot? Because you know the belt's about to go on the face, so you're going to need heels to go up against them because you're not going to keep doing just Roman and Cody over and over again, right? That's how you get caught in the John Cena, Randy Orton trap. So you're not going to do that over and over. So who are the other heels that they can put out there to go against someone like Cody? Uh, I mean, the most obvious one's Gunter. I put him up. I give him the title tomorrow. Daryl, what about you? Are we putting who against? It, it you know, we we know Cody Rhodes is winning the belt. We know that's what it is, right? So, who are the heels that you then have to put up against him? 
you 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 said no Austin Theory, so it's like okay, well, well, who then? Who do you got? Because Dave Dave gave you the only other heel that's actually really got some heat with him right now, and that's Gunther. But who? What other heels have heat? The, the biggest heels you have right now, right, are the Bloodline. We already we already know what their story is, and again, you don't want to get caught in the John Cena Randy Orton trap. So then, who do you put them up against? Your two hottest heels are Gunther and Austin Theory. What's Lashley considered right now? I mean, it's it's so ambiguous with because who knows what Bray's doing? It's like I don't know what's going on. So I mean, like, is Lashley going to be the guy that goes after it with, with Cody? I mean, I we think got Seth. Le- we got Seth. Seth isn't again. really a heel though. He's not. Seth either, is, he's not Seth, either a face I, I, either. I well, because do you know what Seth is right now? He's the comedic relief guy right now. He's Have Seth you not realized that? Rollins, he he's the guy that can still give you super quality matches, but he's the comedic relief right now. Yeah, but we can still we can still pivot off the Logan Paul thing and also Cody because of Royal Rumble. We can still pivot off of that because the reason he's, why the reason why he even got eliminated in the first place was. But that doesn't make him a heel. But it doesn't matter. It's about about getting the title. If we're splitting the titles up or we're keeping both belts on Cody, it's literally just saying, hey, you're going to have a repeated program with Reigns and Cody for probably like another two months. Then after that, you're going to have to switch it off to freaking Seth. And after you switch it off to Seth, because Gunther is going to stay in the intercontinental scene for a minute, because either you're going to deal with the Sheamus and the freaking Drew McIntyre nonsense. So... We don't have nobody else, and we're only going to stick with Raw. We're not sticking with SmackDown. So it's literally just sticking with everybody that had a freaking beef or didn't like freaking Cody is literally going to be facing. Unless they're going to bring in some new people, or if that rumor is true that Jay White is coming to the freaking WWE, you might have Jay White versus freaking Cody. You never know. So you want them to throw away Cody's run is what I just heard. Cody just wants to win the belt. Win the belt, then lose it. That's what but I'm is. asking you. You want them to just throw away his run, essentially. You want his run to basically not even mean anything. His run's not going to be convincing enough. But how do you know? <laughs> it's not. This is the whole push. It's to come back from injury, instantly win the Rumble, get the title, throw your whole freaking suit of like saying, hey, I, I haven't won the title when I had to mean something. You know, been promos every freaking week. Of the same darn stuff saying how I want to do this and do that, get the title. What do you do after that once you win the title, Cody? You're gonna be a dominant champion. You're not gonna be dominant as reigns. You're not gonna be you're not gonna hold that belt for a year. You're not gonna be convincing that all the competition that you're about to have is gonna be like flawless. You might get injured again. You don't know. So, like, I'm just saying it's not gonna be it's not gonna be convincing. I got uh, I, I'm sorry, go ahead, finish up. No, here I'm done. I'm done. I mean, I think this WrestleMania is gonna be about build, building heels personally. I think they're gonna a lot of heel victories this time around. Um, I think that there's gonna be three names to watch coming off of WrestleMania that are gonna be heels that are gonna be starting to get big wins, they're gonna take next steps. One's gonna be Finn Balor. He's gotta beat Edge. You can't let Edge beat him again. If he wins a hell in a cell match against a legend of WrestleMania. He has a claim right away. 
Next up is, and I hate to say this, the ne next two, but, I mean, we know WWE books people that they fall in love with and they just don't care if they get no reactions. But you got to think Dominic Mysterio is going to be getting to a championship level soon. He's got the people behind him to back him up. If he could convince Damian and Rhea to be in his corner, you know, he could at least put up a, a fight for a championship. And the other one that I think that they're going to feed to Cody at some point is going to be Omos. They're going to be, oh, my God, how is Cody going to beat this seven-foot, whatever, five, six, 400-pound dude? And then when he wins, that'll be his first dominant win. That'll be all. Oh, Cody's legitimate. He could take down these monsters that are, are facing him. I think those three. And I think the last name I want to mention really quick is what if Braun Breaker comes up and they want to push him right into the title scene? Oh, and that's another thing, yeah, because Stan, because Ron Breaker been holding that darn belt for so such a long time. They need to push him up, or get Carmella Hayes to oh, no. freaking have the have the have the thing. I I forgot about Braun. Yeah, stop it. You need to stop it. You need to really flip and stop it. Stop <laughs> because if we, if we're gonna keep on trashing NXT, that means every person from NXT that came from NXT is trash, and that includes Roman Reigns. <sighs> So stop it. <laughs> I got to acknowledge. <laughs> like, like, you got to stop with this NSC nonsense. What do you mean? I don't know what you're talking about. Because you have a horrible bias against NXT. You need to stop it. Look, no, I don't have a bias against yes, NXT. Yes, you do. If I you just don't have understand. I have just grown to understand that what you do on NXT means piss all when you get to the main roster. And for me, there is no value in that product then. If what you're doing doesn't really mean anything in, in, until you come to the main roster, why, why do I need to watch this? Why do I need, like, basically what you're saying to me is, hey, go watch minor league baseball instead of watching the Cubs. Ah, no, nah, I'm good. Hey, I'm hey, good. So, so you're saying like it'll piss piss all to uh, like if you go to the main roster when people were coming from NXT into the main roster, it ruined them. Like Kevin Lee ruined them, freaking uh, Karrion Cross ruined him. Who had to freaking actually make those type of gimmicks and characters actually good again? Triple H. So Triple H had to bring back Karrion Cross, made him where he used to be. He's still good, but they're doing so piss poor plan of what they want to do with him. But at the same, the fans don't give a crap. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, who was who was messing up their uh, who was messing up their way when they were coming to the main roster when Vince was in charge? And and you're saying Nobody. right now, and you're saying like Vince is the best person for people that are coming up for the NXT roster. Whoa. Well, who has ever said that? I because you're saying they don't. Because that. you're saying they don't mean nothing until they hit the main roster, and that was Vince. Um, the, no, no, no. What you fail to understand is what I'm saying is if you can't succeed when you're on the main roster, what you've done is but who is was making, but who was making them? Those yeah, the, but uh, but other people have come from NXT and succeeded. That that's not act like, like nobody's ever came from NXT like, and succeeded. Like like good. I mean, you just named the world, the universal champion. The, you literally named him. He was brought up in right. a group. He was brought up in a group and beating up Ryback. Come on now. Ryback was nothing. Stop it. <laughs> Stop that it. Was your Stop that. Stop that it. Was it. Was, it was CM Punk <laughs> and Ryback, and the Shield came out. They came out as a group. They did not come as a solo act. Please stop. The only what one you can think of is Finn Balor. Yeah, Finn Balor. The, the only person you can get is Finn Balor. Yeah. 
And what was Finn Balor? And so let me ask you this. Why should I respect NXT? No, no, no. Answer the question. What is Finn Balor? Well, Finn Balor did win the World Heavyweight title and was going to get a push, but he got hurt the same night that it happened. So, and they, and you know how weird WWE gets about you when you're getting a push and then you get hurt. They feel weird, real weird about trying to rely on you moving forward ever again after that. Fair or unfair, right? That's just the facts of how they handle it. So, I mean, you say that, but Finn Balor, look, if we're talking about relevancy of storylines currently, right? He's in a top five relevancy of storylines going into WrestleMania. See what I'm saying? Like they've literally done building his story with Edge for over a year. Hey, if, if there wasn't so many people freaking injured, I would say like AJ versus freaking Cody. I would say freaking Oh, so here you go. You say like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. We mostly got half of the Bullet Club in freaking WWE at this point. <laughs> like, literally. Like, am, my, my The question still comes, though. You've danced around it, and you've, and you've taken it some other places. But again, who are the heels that they would put Cody with? Because we, we were talking about Austin Theory, and you got a sidetrack trying to talk about this other stuff. But again, who are, the, who are the heels? If you don't put Austin Theory in there, who do you have to work off of? Well, I forgot about main event, Jay. <laughs> Look, we, we know that the whole bloodline thing, that's going to chill out for a second because uh, they're about to have a horrible WrestleMania, and that's all going to start coming coming apart now. We already know what this is. Yep. We know Roman's about to be pointing the fingers right at the Usos again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm scrolling through the roster. I mean, it's 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 very weak heels right now, man. This is just it's just a bad spot to be in. We isn't uh, there a strong isn't there like a strong injured list right now for heels? There might yeah. be. I think these have the because uh, we don't have or we don't have Orton. He's a heel. We don't have Orton. Come on, you can hate you could you could dislike it all you want. I will do Orton. Mm -hmm. Hundred percent. How can you consider him a heel after the past like two years of what he's been doing? He is not a heel anymore. He's RK bro now. Okay, all right. Look, stop it, stop it. See, and that's the biggest disservice that they could do for Randy Orton is bring him back as a heel. They should let him come back as a face again. So then, when he finally turns back heel, like we all know he's going to, you didn't just see it coming. Randy Orton is the most obvious character right now, so you can't use him. What are you going to do then? You say AJ. Okay, well, what? Him and AJ, Cody and AJ could go for like, what, two pay-per-views at max? Max. Max, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, you need yeah. someone like Austin Theory in this moment and Gunther, just like Dave said. I think they need new talent. And work with your main guy. I think we need new talent. So I think the free roster, the free agency right now is looking pretty good right now. Uh, but give your talent on the roster a shot first, right? Yeah. Yeah, but but also, like, you have to take the opportunities while they take it right now because I, I really feel like I have been quiet lately I mean, about freaking Jay White, and I hate when they get quiet. Give and them Jay one pay-per-view to have to, to, okay, see what they got. You know what I'm saying? Like, give your, give your guys a shot right now, and if that don't work out, you hey, at that point, Figure it out. Pick up the pieces and figure it out. But you got guys who need a shot. 
I'm gonna be honest with you. I know you really would like to see Jay White, but why do that when, like you said, and like Mace was saying, why show Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania the debut? Why do that? Um, um, called hype, <laughs> like called the called the fans had been waiting for him to come back and to fight, and they'd been waiting to see Cody in WWE, and then all of a sudden, your biggest event of the year, you need to bring in more eyes. Why wait for WrestleMania? I don't know, because you want more viewers. <laughs> like what? Yeah, they can do they can do a bunch of surprises at WrestleMania. We just don't even know, honestly. I don't know. I'm going to call that Cody most definitely wins and that we end up seeing him go up against Austin Theory. I'm going to say it right now. Like, what do you mean like right away or just at some point during his reign? I'm talking right away. I'm talking they going to push Austin Theory to come attack him because you know Austin Theory would be on the whole disrespect him, telling about his Cody how the Rose family don't mean nothing to him and everything like that. So it's the perfect guy you have to work with him, and it can you can get yourself two great building opportunities for both characters. You can get Austin Theory his first championship run, and you can also then have him drop it to Cody within a short amount of time to then start building up Cody's numbers. Because you know how they love building up how many title runs you have, right? They, they got to, oh, he's a four-time champion. You know what I mean? Like, they get, they got to do it. So, uh, but it is what it is. Daryl, tell the people where to find you. Low Elo Janitor, Twitch, YouTube. We going to Twitch that flipping Monopoly so we can have you proof that this man is people. bad at monopoly and giving out no, bad I deals i got screenshots do you need me to embarrass you no you don't have to embarrass me i i i quit i didn't lose to you i quit you lost Remember, i you i lost. quit you you I get quit. listen 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 just because you waved the white flag doesn't mean you didn't lose you lost but you didn't put that loss on me, so I quit. So what well, you let's mean? Get... I have screenshots showing different. I don't know what you talk about. This man gives out whole screenshots deals in Monopoly, and think they're good deals. But hey, I don't have confidence in my voice when I have a uh, have a plan to rip people off. And Dave, if I gave out the poorest deals, could I win all the time like that? Did that make sense? Hmm. Interesting question. I'm not gonna get involved. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah so daryl again you will lose again today so you'll get embarrassed in front of the people that's cool with me mace tell the people where to find you you know man <clears throat> twitch twitch.tv slash swaggy mace hit your boy up twitter funky underscore stuff oh nine uh like i said those mocks will be coming i'm just getting my info set up and you know, hey, I'm gonna show y'all how right I am. No, he's not. Dave, tell the people where to find you. <laughs> man, I'm in radio I'm in darkness right now, man. I ain't got nothing, but we got, you know, we're in the lab right now cooking stuff up. So maybe, maybe me and you can tell some people later on where to find us at. That's right. Uh, yes, me and Dave will be doing a show. And especially if you're a Chicago sports friend, you will love it. Um, at J Spend a Man everywhere. 
Um, you guys know you'll either see my pretty face or the ITC logo. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Make sure you hit the notification bell so every time we drop something new, you are notified. Uh, you will, like Daryl said, there should be a stream that you could go and go back and look at by the time this is posted of the Monopoly game so you can watch these fools get embarrassed. One more again, head down, put on a handstand, okay? But <laughs> that was another resounding episode of your favorite weekly sports show. And that is, ladies and gentlemen, ITC Sports, sports Ball. ball. <laughs> wow, we were actually pretty close that time. <laughs>